This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Terrence Matthews, former Steelers wide receiver. You're listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker, and my co-host with the most, Hunter Homestead. Hunter, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Always better after an awesome G Stryker intro like that, so it's always nice to be here, man. There was football, and the Steelers won. Yes! All in all, pretty awesome week, dude. It was a great week, and no better way to start with a win, because... I get that endorphin rush, and I'm a new man going through and studying film. It's so much easier to write my articles. Man, it's just so, it feels so good after a win where they actually performed well after starting off like it was a preseason game. Yeah, it feels like we've been speculating for like three years. Because of the pandemic, it's felt extra long. <laughs> it's just it's great to have real football and real footage to break down, real storylines to discuss. It's happening. Yep. Man, it just feels good. And we have breaking news from the Steeler Nation news department. Gerald Hawkins, the offensive tackle, has just been poached from the, Texas, the Texans practice squad. And so that, that's a guy that the Steelers have some experience with drafting him earlier. Like, what do you know about the guy there, Hunter? What do you remember from uh, Dawkins? From Haw- Did I say Hawkins or Dawkins? You said Dawkins, but it's all right. It's Hawkins. You said Hawkins, then Dawkins, then Hawkins. Again. So. <laughs> You're all over the place. I love it. Classic, oh, classic striker fashion. I'm going, I'm going back to my old school uh, 70, Philadelphia 76ers, yeah. uh, Dawkins and Barkley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, man, it's all right. We know who you mean. Yeah, we're, Gerald we're Hawkins. So tell us about yeah. Gerald Hawkins. So, <laughs> he appeared in five games for the Steelers in 2017, actually, so has some experience with the team. Obviously, it was a fourth-round draft pick by them in 2016. Played a game, I think, in Tampa Bay after that. And then uh, obviously was on the Texans practice squad recently. So not really a standout kind of starting caliber guy, but does have experience, does have experience with the Steelers particularly. Let's uh, get through that. We're here. I, w- I won't let you out on that island on your own flubbing up words, man. I- right. I'm, here for you. I'm here for you like a good co-host. So it's nice to see him come back. He's the depth that they need. You know, the front office obviously made it a big point of emphasis to load up on offensive line depth in the offseason, which they've done. 
now we, we get to see it. You know, they're bringing an old familiar face back because they need it again. So it's not the ideal place for them to be early on, you know, already needing bodies and needing to sign these guys off practice squads, yeah. not how they drew it up, so to speak, but it is the perfect adaptation to an unfortunate circumstance. And unfortunately too, with this pickup, obviously it seems like the injury situation of Zach Banner, unfortunately seems a little bit more dire needing more depth there to provide the depth there behind Chooks. And at least Hawkins knows the system. So kudos to the Steelers again, trying to pick out somebody like plug and play, just like they did with, um, you know, Burns and they did with uh, Dobbs as well. It's, that was a very, it was a heartbreaking image, by the way, the camera guy, that was some brutal camera work, just zooming in on him and soaking in that moment. But yeah, good. that was tough. It was tough yeah. to see. I think all Steeler nation can agree with that. Just seeing the look on Zach Banner's face, knowing he was, not only injured, but injured to the point where it's going to be serious for his career and his playing career for the rest of this year. Yeah, he worked so hard to earn that spot. Right. He obviously knew that it was bad at the time. One thing I like, though, is that he tweeted right after the game about being determined and coming back stronger. Mike Tomlin echoed those sentiments in his press conference today. So all signs point to Zach Banner, you know, gearing up for a comeback. It's not like we haven't seen guys make comebacks from serious injuries. So I'm glad that he's already developing that mindset. That's so huge throughout an injury, a player's mindset and staying focused and staying determined. I mean, you look at guys across the board and how, how big, I mean, Ben being the most recent perfect example of how the mindset can dictate that Ben yeah. would have retired if he didn't have that mindset. He, he could have just packed it up, called it quits, but he didn't let that happen. And right now, Zach Banner, it looks like is not going to let this derail him either. So we'll see. Hopefully, 2021, we get to see Zach Banner back out there. And quickly, I just wanted to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Total Sports Entertainment. Uh, if you're watching on the podcast here, on the vidcast here on Facebook, I'm going to share the screen here with it. You can watch it later on YouTube if you care. But they have a special promotion going on right now, and it is for the Juju Smith Schuster signed jersey. That's part of the fun that we have having that partnership with. Total Sports Entertainment. So if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Total Sports Entertainment. You follow the podcast. You follow Steeler Nation. You retweet it, and you're automatically entered. You get a bonus just for following the podcast as well. I know we got a lot of our podcast people here. But um, it's a great thing that they have going on, and they'll be giving that away tomorrow. So the Juju Smith signed jersey right here, beautiful black jersey, the custom jersey. kind of looks almost like the second jersey but it, it looks like everything is yellow on it as opposed to having any white highlights, but it's, it's gorgeous. So good luck to everybody out there in the, in Twitterverse. Good luck to everybody in Steeler nation. However you want to jump on and retweet to win this beautiful Juju Smith Schuster Jersey. And thank you to our sponsor, total sports entertainment. Uh, one additional thing I just wanted to add as well with them is they have a, a special 45% off everything in the store for the Steelers win yesterday. So jump on to tseshop.com. That's totalsportsentertainmentshop.com, abbreviated to TSE, to get whatever you want, 45% off today. So jump on over there, grab some awesome job. But let's start talking about this Steelers win, man. How fun was that to watch last night? I mean, for me, it looks kind of like a preseason game. We didn't get preseason early on. Slow Ben, I, I expected to see Slow Ben coming out because – we know he gets a, needs a little bit of time to get ramped up and on up to speed, but they seem to figure it out fairly quickly. By the second quarter, they started to be able to execute and move the football. 
Absolutely. I think you hit on a lot of the key points that I also picked up on and felt about the game. It was incredibly rusty early. The old Fichtner two runs in a pass strategy was driving me a little insane in the beginning, especially with Connor not looking that great early in the, the offensive line, especially not looking great early. So the Giants were also a good run stuffing team, which we touched on in our preview show. We said, you know, that was the one thing that that defense does extremely well. We didn't really expect the Steelers to be able to run the ball super well, but obviously Snell came in and changed that a little bit, had a great game. Um, that the Deontay fumble early, which which you just right saw there. on the screen, if you're if you're watching the vidcast, We're the highlights on the uh, the vidcast feed right now. Well. Unreal! It was just a Deontay Johnson fumble muff right there at the one at the three yard line. But fortunately, the Steelers kept him out of the end zone, and even more fortunately, on that exchange, the Giants did not review the fumble because right. they were actually they they thought it was a forward pass. His arm never moved forward. The ball was hit out of his hand from behind. And they fell on it in the end zone. If they would have reviewed it for it being a fumble, they would have been awarded a touchdown for for the lineman falling on it in the end zone. So it's it's a weird situation a where yeah. TJ's stats obviously would be improved if that would have gone through. But at the same yeah. time, the Giants scored a touchdown there. So I think any Steelers fan would take that uh, exchange any day of the week. Chase Claypool making an amazing toe tapping catch there on the sideline. What a what a first catch in the NFL for I that guy. My gosh, I remember watching that catch, and of course, real time, I'm like, he's out of bounds. There's no way. Right. And the, the true mark of an excellent receiver is you really have to slow down to watch them in slow motion to understand their greatness. A, B, case in point. Lots of times, he had these catches that were so close to the, the sidelines, or you didn't know if he got his hands onto the ball or got it in the back of the end zone before going out, where you'd have to slow it down to see yep. if he did it. And that's... That's the beauty of watching that. And for him to do that on his first play is just showing you the sky is the limit with this guy. He looks like he's going to be a special player. I said at the time when I was watching this with all my Steeler Nation friends up on the porch last night that I thought that catch was better and more identifiable than any James Washington catch at that time. But nice. later on, not too long afterward, I would be proven otherwise. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, the highlights rolling. Maybe the best catch of the game was that T.J. Watt interception, man. Oh, you got to give T.J. some love on that. A quick three-step drop from Jones and yeah. Watt dropping back perfectly. Just totally fooled the second-year quarterback there. But catching that, but that's a hard pass to catch. You yeah. see how many running backs will drop that pass in the NFL, and T.J. just snagged it. So – Kudos to him. There was Eric Ebron getting a big third down. He wasn't super visible all game. Um, yeah. He was mostly a decoy, actually, which was strange, but obviously worked out. Some of the receivers had nice games after that. They had to pay attention to him. He was not used as much as Steelers fans probably would want to see, but he came up big when they needed him. You know, didn't have any serious miscues. So, like you said, man, it just started very slow. It started with a lot of question marks, but – it was basically a preseason game. You know, there was a lot of rust that they had to shake off, and I think they capably did that. Steelers fans should be feeling pretty good for a somewhat lackluster start, like we've said, you know, multiple times, to still put up 26 points, win by 10 on the road. Yeah. Pretty ideal. It is. And also, too, I just wanted to state you with, uh, with DJ, with Deontay Johnson, he started slow. He had his issue with the drop punt. He dropped a couple – passes but one he was actually blocking he got hit in the back with a pass and that is yeah. like if Ben Roethlisberger is hitting you in the back with a pass that's a wake-up <laughs> call you're doing something wrong so right, right. <laughs> right. from that point on they went right to him the next play 
He had a great cut, and he got the ball as soon as he came out of that cut. Ben had it right there on him. So I was a good thing to see, at least from my perspective as a receiver, trying to gain confidence. He still had – he tied Juju with the most catches yesterday in the game with six. He was targeted the most. He was targeted with ten attempts. Yeah. So Steelers are – Ben's looking at DJ to be that possession guy, that guy like um, Antonio Brown and whoever he has on his ex, whether it be Hines Ward as well. He's looking yeah. to get that ball to that possession receiver on those quick breaks. I was I was waiting to see how <laughs> yeah I was waiting to see how long we could talk about Deontay before saying the the name AB because it <laughs> happens every time but it's so true. My favorite thing about Deontay's game, well, not necessarily Deontay's game, but how the Steelers are handling him. Mm-hmm. Early fumble on the muff punt, he's right back out there for the next punt to receive that. Like you just said, gets hit in the back with a pass. Very next pass, right back to him for completion. They trust him, and they want him to be involved. They're giving him a little bit of a leash, which just says how much they think of him and his skill set. We've seen so many times across, you know, Steelers seasons, when guys have miscues like that, sometimes it's a one and done. You know, you sometimes you don't get a second chance because there is talent behind Deontay that they could easily say, you know what, James Washington's taking, taking your reps or, you know, Claypool. We're going to expand Claypool. Yeah put Ray Ray back on punts, whatever it may be. They could have done that, but they recognize how impactful Deontay can and should be. And he proved them right. You know, as the game stretched on, he began to take over in the passing game a little bit. So it was nice to see him settle in and do his thing. I still think he's going to have a monster year. Um, The other guy, if you're watching the highlights, there's just some Benny Snell highlights there. Yeah. What a game from him, man. Jeez. Yes. Snell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean he came in after Connor when Connor was on the field obviously it looked like they weren't in sync the offensive line was having trouble ramp back up to the speed of the game with actual people that are trying to kill them and actually kill a quarterback whereas all preseason it's like don't touch Ben don't touch Ben Mm -hmm. don't touch Ben Mm -hmm. they can rush they can't touch Ben but now they had to protect against the big rush they did they did a great job once uh, Snell got on the field they started to click even through the injuries across the line throughout the game. I mean, it was tough to watch, but hell, I mean, Snell did an excellent, excellent job being thrown into the fire for that, for that, uh, for the game yesterday. Yeah. He was clearly ready. Great blitz pickups. That was one of the hugest things I noticed from him. Yeah. As much again, we talked about that so much in the preview show about how, how important that is for a running back. But I think Snell really showcased that really proved our point through his actions tonight because it was one of the things like we said as a rookie he wasn't super sharp at that and that was one of the reasons that he was held back a little more that they trusted Connor so much more this season he's shown already how much he's improved that he's slimmer he is visibly faster you could just tell watching him cut and everything how how much different he looked with the ball so what's not to love about his game if Connor does have to miss time I think you feel pretty comfortable with Benny Snell right now if you're the Steelers so Good, all good looks there, man. The the defense just kind of took over towards the end, but yeah, that's what you want to see. That's what we expected from the Steelers, and they definitely delivered. And nothing made me happier to seeing Ben get over being slow coming out of preseason. Ben, I mean, this guy is a more driven guy. He's more interested in doing this for his teammates. He wants to. He's a competitor this year. Like he's always been a competitor, but it seemed like it was always kind of about him a little bit. Now it seems like it's more of a team competitiveness. They know how hard that team fought last year to try to win games, even though he wasn't playing. And he got to watch that on the sideline. And it killed him not being able to come out and compete. But this past game, 
thrown his first touchdown since week 17 in 2018. Mm. Comes in with three touchdowns, no interceptions, 229 yards. Now that's, that's like a vintage balanced Ben game back when they were, didn't have to rely on Ben all the time. You get that hundred yard rusher throw. Ben Head doesn't have to throw more than 30 passes for the most part, right around 250 yards. That's when you guys, that's when Ben wins. And now yep. he's the all time winning quarterback on Monday night football with a 15 and four record and tied Eli Manning for number eight all-time with touchdowns. That's pretty on, crazy. On the touchdown streak with 366. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Well, he's obviously going to pass Eli this year, so that's that's yeah. nice to see. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, it, it's kind of what you said. Ben, it, it was vintage Ben, but in some ways, I'll say it, I think it was a little better Ben for this team. It was a little yeah. more calculated than we've previously seen Ben, not quite as risky. He yep. usually Steelers fans know this. He'll usually throw like a late pick or a or a just a dumb pick near the end of the half. Just something where he forces something where he shouldn't. Where it's just like like what was that? Like everything was going so good, and then he just tries to make too much happen. Yep. I didn't see him doing that, and I don't know if it was coming back from the injury, just trying to settle in and be calculator. If that's a real change that he's brought to his game, if he knows the defense is so good if he just plays a careful game and let the defense kind of bring it home that he can do that again. But he was great when they needed him. Like the, the one touchdown to Juju off his back foot was just a phenomenal classic Ben throw there right on the money. Yeah. And, but for the most part, I didn't see him trying to be Superman as we've seen him be a lot of times, which if that's because of the injury and coming back, then that's ultimately going to benefit the Steelers. Like that's going to prove to be a good thing. I think protecting the ball with this team is going to be so huge because we talk just the defense is so good that they're going to be able to win games almost single-handedly. So as long as Ben just minimizes the mistakes, as we saw down the stretch with Duck Hodges, you know, when Duck Hodges managed the game and didn't turn the ball over, they were still winning games. The defense was still bringing it home and all he had to do was manage it. So now once you're getting a little bit more of a manager, Ben, with those splashes of genuine Hall of Fame greatness, which he has and clearly still showed, yeah, might might literally be the best version of Ben for this Steelers team. Also great to see that big, big catch from James Washington. Like we're saying, mm. right there to end the half. I mean, that two-minute warning pretty much was the turning point for Ben's game. And it seemed like he, he needed to get – hit again he needed to get back into the feel of the game again to start getting to the point where yeah I'm comfortable now getting hit let's let's go out and play this game but that two minute warning two minute drive at the end of the half was vintage Ben oh, it was so beautiful good. it's like he never missed a game for a full he didn't look like a quarterback that hasn't played in a year yep. he looked like the franchise quarterback we all know and love perfectly designed plays all the way down and that ending touchdown catch when they still he actually manages the clock a lot better usually Ben's a lot is is very quick to call timeouts right at the end of the game down and distance wise I always have a rule of thumb if you have more seconds on the clock than yardage you are good you don't need to use your timeout yet nice. so you get down inside the 10 then you got you know 15 seconds you sure. can run three four plays depending sure. on how quick you can get it off executed that perfectly they still had a timeout on that play to Washington it came up short when he released the ball. And my gosh, James Washington was country strong on that play. <laughs> I, I mean, that is like vintage Heinz Ward where you see him plow to get in the – Ward always had a nose for that end zone. 
He absolutely he did. not be denied downfield going through one or two guys to get that touchdown. But this is the first time I have ever seen a receiver jump in the air when after he made the catch, land, and then take two guys into the end zone. So his momentum was stopped. And then yeah. he plowed the two guys into the end zone. And that was just – I've never seen that. It was not literally of, just – I've seen that out of running backs. I've never seen yeah. that out of receiver. It was literally just a case of one guy wanting it more than the people trying to bring him down. I mean, that was just determination. Obviously, very strong play, but that that was just James Washington wanting it more, which is exactly what you want to see from him. And that two-minute drive, which is on the vidcast right now. Here yeah, here's comes, the, here's here the play. Right here. Look at that. He, was in the, he jumped in yeah. the air, it's came crazy. down. That's it's, a crazy it, play. His momentum should have been stopped right there because he, he went up, it gets to the ground, and then he uses those strong legs – to plow yeah. them into the end zone. That was just such a such a highlight. And that is now the vintage signature play for Washington where we know his potential of being that tough receiver. Absolutely. And that was such a clutch sequence in general for the offense and especially Ben, I felt like you just you felt more chemistry from the entire offense after that two minute drill. Everything just kind of settled in. They remembered how to play football. And Ben was actually candid about this, if you guys remember before the game, he was talking about how it's probably going to take him a quarter or so to settle in because he was feeling nervous, was feeling butterflies, yeah. obviously hadn't played in so long and now had all this pressure. He was super candid about the fact that they were probably going to be a little rusty early, and they were. And it just it felt like as that two-minute drive stretched on, you could just slowly see the rust peeling away. And, yep. and now, obviously, Juju. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great another second celebration for Juju when he mugs for the uh, pylon cam. That was just such a great little celebration. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny how the quarterbacking play affects Juju, right? Who, whoever could have guessed that having a better quarterback would help Juju post oh. better stats? I don't know. It's baffling to me. <laughs> and and that's why I'd like to talk about Juju too. I mean, two touchdowns in the game, a huge fumble recovery off of that long run by Benny Snell. To me, that is kind of like him exercising the demons. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up his because now they're showing his highlights. So now I'm gonna share the screen of Juju's highlights while I'm talking about Juju, which we should. But he exercised the demons on the fact that he's had a couple games with the Steelers over the years where he had a late fumble trying to push for that extra yardage in overtime against the Ravens, late late in the game against New Orleans, where he'd unfortunately fumble. And it I'm not saying it cost him the game, but it was a big momentum swing that they ended up losing the game because of both. Now, him being able to be smart about the fact that he doesn't have the football, he doesn't need to trail Benny Snell. He's turning, he's trailing Benny Snell up the field. Benny Snell fumbles, he is on it. And you're yeah. talking about six, there are six New Jersey players right there trying to get that football. He was the first one shot underneath of there and he got the ball. And that to me is like, he held a possession to help the team win off of something that's cost us in the past. And it was just, to me, that was just a huge, huge play in the game. Big time leader stuff, man. And I, I tweeted jokingly, kind of being every yinzer ever. The only reason he recovered that fumble is because he fumbles so much. He understands how the ball, you know, hit <laughs> once it hits the ground, what it does. Because Juju just fumbles so much. He's so familiar with fumbling. Which is, uh, it's hilarious because Juju does not fumble a lot. It's he just no. the, two, the two times he did were incredibly unfortunate the worst yeah. timing possible and that's why yeah. you remember them but as far yeah. as fumble rates go he actually has an incredibly low fumble rate for receivers so it's it's just unfortunate timing but beyond like you said the awareness of doing that 
is one thing that's a huge element, probably the biggest element. Secondly, there were like seven giants around that ball too, and he still came up with it. That was just flat-out tenacious <laughs> instincts. The fact that he was able to get it at all was, was huge. So like you said, that could have been a huge momentum swing for the Giants in the Giants' favor there. Could have also, who knows how that would have affected Benny Snell's game because he was huge in closing out the game from there, how that could have shaken his confidence if he did lose a fumble or how it could have shaken the coaches, coaching staff's confidence in him from that moment. So it, it was just huge on so many levels. Definitely one of the unsung plays of the game right there from Juju. And now we go on to defense. Just one last thing I'd like to say before we get off the offense is kudos to Claypool as well for sealing the game. They gave him the game-winning carry on an end around to get that first down and make it so it didn't matter how many timeouts the Giants had. They, they own the clock. So kudos to the coaching staff for knowing he was ready in that moment to help them ice a game. And I just love seeing that out of our new rookie. Trusting him. Yeah, like yeah. The, the trust there is, is – that's massive. It was an incredibly important moment, and he iced it perfectly. looked great. Kind of a Martavis Bryant play design. That's the kind of stuff we got to see from Martavis back in the day. So if he can kind of be a consistent, reliable, high-character version of Martavis, I think the Steelers would be over the moon with that. Indeed. So let's move on to defense. Great, great defensive effort as well yesterday. Three sacks on the day. We had Hilton and uh, the Volkswagen Beetle, Vince Williams, and <laughs> Alu Alu. Those guys were in there making plays. That, and like we said, we were just talking about this off the air right before we started. That Vince Williams sack was the fastest I've seen him move. And he was moving that way not only on that play but on running plays. Vince looked as fast as anyone on that super talented defense. So if everybody knows Vince Williams being that – plotting run stopper I mean he's better in the past than you guys anticipate and man can he get there quick and he just set the uh on the game stats on the next generation stacks next gen stats Vince Williams had the fastest sack of the weekend at 2.26 seconds so that's, that's amazing something. that wasn't Shazier that wasn't Bush coming up in the middle that was Vince Williams yeah, that, that's hard to believe, but at the same time, Vince has always had such a nose for rushing the passer. He's one of the best pass-rushing inside linebackers that the Steelers have seen. And he tweeted in the offseason, you know, that he was coming for the record. I forget what the record is from an inside linebacker, but somebody tweeted it, and Vince was like, hold my beer. You know, like, I'm getting it. I'm getting it this year, which I love. I love yeah. I love Vince's attitude, first of all. Everything about him is just he's, – he's a Steeler. He's a Steelers kind of guy. He's super enjoyable to watch. Had a good game, and you just feel good for him. And I think that combo of Vince and Devin Bush is going to be really, really solid moving forward. Devin Bush, once yeah. again, had a great game that just kind of flies under the radar, which became his yeah. norm last year, which is ultimately, like we said last week, it's a very good thing. He doesn't need the spotlight. He doesn't crave the spotlight. Goes out, does his job, and look good. But my favorite thing about Devin Bush yesterday – was a little nastiness I saw from him. Yeah. You always look for that little bit of nasty from a Steelers linebacker, and you can tell his confidence is peaking right now. It's at a super high level. He was, I saw, I remember him pushing a Giants O lineman or a tight end maybe out of a pile, and then yeah. delivering that hard hit on Barkley when he was in the air. There was just some of that nasty play that you look for, that little bit of swagger from your linebacker. He's feeling it. That's yeah. a good thing for Steelers Nation. Those two guys, those two outside linebackers, had decent games too. 
This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Me personally, I was on the back porch, under the stars, with a nice cool breeze, a couple buds, and a nice cold Pepsi watching the game in the beautiful outdoors. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are known to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over three million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offered valid through September 30th. <laughs> and you had three sacks, 11 TFLs, tackles for losses by the Steeler defense yesterday. And that is enormous because conversely, the Giants had five total TFLs, including their two sacks. You saw it mostly in the running game. That is where the Steelers really looked awesome. I mean, they were hitting mm -hmm. all the gaps. Somebody was busting through, whether it was Alu Alu, whether it was Vince Williams, whether it was to it, whether it was Hayward, all the linebackers, everybody was getting in the backfield. Dupree, of course, and held Barkley, arguably the most talented, diverse running back in the league. I, I think he's the best running back and most dangerous running back in the league. Held him to six yards on the ground. Ben Roethlisberger had nine. <laughs> More yardage rushing and a better yards rushing average. <laughs> it's what it's what we've. I'm not known. saying it's going to be our feature back, but I am. That's exactly what I'm saying. We all know what that means. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, RB one in fantasy, pick him up. Petition your commissioner to let Ben play running back because clearly that's what he is now. So, uh, dude, I love the run stopping for sure. It's one of those things that is. It's not as fun to talk about. <laughs> Not as sexy as the sacks or the picks or Mike yeah. Hilton, you know, coming in from nowhere. <laughs> we're just watching Hilton come in on his sack now. On the, and, uh, if you're on Facebook, guys, you can see the highlights while we're talking. Was, that, that was, was a great game yesterday, too. <laughs> that was probably the most ridiculous run defense I, I remember seeing from the Steelers, maybe ever, legitimately, yeah. which is a crazy yeah. thing to say. We've but, seen it against us last year because right. the Steelers didn't have a quarterback that everybody was in the box, 10 men in the box, and they're trying to push – to say, you know, we're going to rush you. We're coming in hard. Yeah. And 
it was it was nice for a change to be able to watch it from the other side of the field. Mm. The crazy part <laughs> to me to watch that way. Yeah, it was insane because it wasn't just stuffing them for one yard gains, you know, like you see a lot of times. It was them literally meeting him in the backfield the second he gets the ball and just swarming. It was the the defense looked so fast and so swarmy, and that's when they're always at their best historically when that Steelers defense is just three, four guys flying to the ball that you can't, you can't stop that as an offer. There is literally no stopping a defense that will do that. And that's absolutely what they look like so far. They stopped Saquon for, I think, seven negative rushes in the first. It was some ridiculous stat they said on the broadcast. I forget the number, but it was just an absurd amount for a guy like Saquon who is so explosive and so elusive. He's a guy who, if you meet him in the backfield, he'll likely make that first guy miss. Like getting him a tackle for a loss is incredibly tough on a guy like like him. And they just did it so consistently. It was unreal. So – I don't know, man. I don't know how much more encouraged you could be by the Steelers' defense. Really, nothing looked bad or out of place. So they picked up right where they left off. Maybe you would like to see, I don't know, Minka have more of an impact. They didn't really target him much. He didn't have many opportunities, but didn't hear his name very much. He bit bad the one touchdown where uh, Steven Nelson got burned a little bit. Joe Joe Hayden was late rotating. Minka bit really bad on that play. He's Could a hell of a receiver, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, Slayton looks great. Slayton is an incredible receiver. I mean, there's a reason why he had eight touchdowns as a rookie last year. This guy can play. And the, the odd thing to Hunter was Steven Nelson didn't let up a single touchdown all of last year. I know. And that game against Slayton, he's already let up two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, not the best start for – but like you said, it may just turn out that Slayton is going to have a breakout year this year. He looks yeah. very good. And he was very good towards the end of last year as well. So picking up right where he left off. I'm not worried about anybody on that Steelers defense, though. And one guy that you mentioned him, but we didn't really talk about him too much, was Tyson Alulu. He was the guy yeah. when yeah. They, they lost Hargrave, many people – thought, wow, that's going to really come back to haunt them. You know, that Hargrave six sacks, four sacks a year kind of guy in that range, constantly making an impact. Can Alulu like put it all together in a starting role? And I think he answered that question with a resounding yes. He was phenomenal. I remember seeing a couple of plays of him where he was just flying to the ball like everybody else. He was causing disruption, not just maintaining his role, but actually making plays. So that's exactly what you would want to see from him, man, overall. That, that defense is going to be so fun to watch this year. It is. And moving on as well, I just want to give a shout-out to Cameron Hayward for his first career interception. It was a big one. Dupree was everywhere. He was disruptive and fast in the backfield. Uh, credited with two TFLs and that pass defense when he tipped that ball on that interception. So Cameron Hayward could – and Cameron Hayward went back into the end zone to play defense. <laughs> That's something I never expected to see uh, – Cameron Hayward going downfield to try to help out. Dude, my dad texted me right after that interception and said, Cam with the rebound. And it, and it cracked me up. <laughs> it, really, it really did look like he was grabbing a rebound, just like this huge dude going up for the rebound. It looked like he had no idea. He's like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands, you know. He had no idea how to handle that. But he made it happen. Air Cam went out there. He's just, made it happen. Please, please don't drop it. Please right. don't drop it. And hey, the way he just engulfed his body around that ball. That yeah, and if if you ha- if you still have your ticket, you can cash it out now. Cam Hayward leading the NFL in interceptions after Week One. He is. Boom. So. <laughs> so go to Vegas and cash that out. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, also, want to give a quick shout out to a guy that we like to talk about that not everybody is excited about is uh, Terrell Edmonds. 
Um, mm. I am one of the biggest guys. I'm, I'm, I was pretty rough on him last year. But this year, it looks like he's starting to get it together. He led the team in tackles. He had nine of them. Seven were solo. Uh, he was making some plays. He had a really good hit. Almost killed Slayton on that hook route. Uh, on that one first down because he met them with the ball when at the ball so he's starting to get a little faster it looks like he's starting to take slightly better angles and I think with without having the ability to play against teams in the preseason I expect him to get a little bit better this year as well and I was pleasantly surprised to see him all over the field making tackles for the Steeler defense yesterday yeah absolutely he did I do remember him missing a tackle and maybe being a step or two late a couple times. But one thing that I for sure loved, one play that stuck stuck out, covering Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram pushes off, which they actually called for offensive pass interference. But Edmonds maintained – he stuck him nonetheless, was all over it, trying to make a play on the ball. Ingram honestly made an amazing catch. That's one of those things where the offensive player is allowed to make plays too. You know, he gets paid a lot of money to make catches, and he did. But – Despite the interference, Edmonds stuck on him, tried to make a play on the ball, was right where he needed to be. And like I said, he, he drew the flag, so yes. it was no fault of his own. But that was huge. him so covering. Falling a pass interference right. flag as opposed to seeing the pass interference flags thrown against Edmonds. Right, right. And other than like we had that issue with Hayden on that first drive or the uh, early drive in the game, and that there was no way that was pass interference. It's now nah. you slow that <laughs> down, and he's, you can do yeah. it's, it's like a great cornerback you have to slow down to see how did they do that fairly <laughs> right joe hayden was, was joe hayden was for sure getting flashbacks to that saints game i, I forget if it was on alvin kamara who in the end zone yeah. they called him for pastor fears is just terrible but seems to happen to joe a lot i don't know why it's not <laughs> uh, it sucks for him but ultimately it didn't didn't affect the game too much so man it's like you said we could go through the all 11 defenders and you can't say too much bad about any of them so that's I mean, we're we're in for it. Everybody thought the everybody thought the defense would be tough this year, and it certainly is. Sorry, <laughs> we got got the echo, echo. Yeah, it was it was the the Facebook Live popped up live, so gotcha. <laughs> Just fixing that. Gotcha, gotcha. There we go. Need some music. Need some hype music while we. Just don't don't play renegade strikers. Just anything but renegade. <laughs> oh mama, Nobody knows the words to that. Yeah, I, I might I might buy somebody a jersey if they film themselves singing renegade without reading the lyrics. Like, does anybody oh. actually know the words? I don't I don't think Sticks knows the words. No way. Well, zero percent chance they know the words. Yeah. Well, well the um, the ex, the, it was nice seeing Colquitt, son of uh, uh, Dustin Colquitt last night, son of Doug Colquitt, who kicked for the Steelers back in the seventies. Had a good game. Nice start it, for him. Forty-five average, fifty-nine long. Don't like. I mean, we don't talk about punters much, but it's he's the new guy, and he did a he did a heck of a, a heck of a job in his first game. Absolutely. I mean, what do you want to see from a a punter other than what he did he didn't make any mistakes didn't have any shanks looked solid looked like exactly what they signed up for so Colquitt's fitting right in it was nice seeing him you know after a couple of holds with Boswell kind of smiling chumming it up with the team looks like he's fitting in fine he's a pro man he's a veteran longtime vet he's yeah. been doing this for a long time I think he's gonna be a very trustworthy reliable kind of guy like Nothing to get too excited about, but at the same time, that's kind of exactly what you want from your punter. <laughs> Somebody to just go, go go, do the job, kick the ball, do a good job. Yeah. They got a solid one there. 
couple quick game notes, some interesting facts and figures that you get from the SteelerNation.com podcast. The Steelers' eight-yard score in the fourth quarter was their third red zone touchdown of the game, and Pitt scored a touchdown on 35% of the red zone drives last year, which was lowest in the NFL. The year before, they were the highest in the NFL, and now they're at 75% in the red zone. What a difference Big Ben made there. Crazy. Once again, it's almost like the quarterback matters. I don't know. I'm just shocked by all these stats. I'm shocked by all this positivity, personally. (laughs) And we also have the Steelers' defense had a sack now in 58 consecutive games. That's tied for the fifth longest streak since 1982. And now it's time for our game balls here, Hunter. Hunter, we'll give out a game ball for defense, a game ball for offense. Who is your game ball? For offense, Hunter. For offense. I yeah. like starting on starting on offense. It would be easy to go Ben because he was so efficient and yeah. coming back, all the pressure, passed every test, every question. But that said, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Despite <laughs> that being a monumental task, I totally expected him to do that. So that's fine. What I didn't expect was Benny Snell getting that opportunity yeah. and then completely smashing it. So I've been a Benny Snell guy for a long time. Anybody who follows me knows this. I've written about Benny a lot. And always saying good things. I just loved what I saw from him. I loved the way he fits in this team. I loved his commitment to getting better at the, at the aspects of the game that aren't as visible. Like we said, the pass blocking, special teams, things like that. He accepted all of those challenges. And now he's finally getting a shot. Looked amazing. Over 100 yards, like a five-point-something yards per carry average. Yep. Just unreal production in relief of James Conner when they needed it. Helped him ice the game. Yeah. That fumble being the only smudge, it wants, if he just clears that up, I don't know what more you're going to want to see from Snell. And he showed off good hands, too, in, yeah. in training camp. So I think as he eases in more and more, we'll see him more involved in the passing game as well. I'm not saying James Conner is done. I mean, first of all, he's injured. We don't know the extent of the injury right now, if he's actually going to miss time. I think even if James Conner's healthy, she got to give Snell more looks. He, yeah. He's got to be the lead back, man. He just flat out, from his very first touch yesterday, he looked better than James Conner. He just does. And my game ball on offense goes, of course, for me, the MVP of the game was definitely Ben coming back. Three touchdowns, excellent job. Got us back on track offensively, scoring touchdowns instead of field goals and winning games. But my game ball goes to Juju Smith-Schuster. And we talked about it earlier, two big touchdowns and the biggest play of the game, like I thought was actually that recovering of that fumble to keep that drive going, getting more points on the board was just absolutely big for both him as a young receiver, but his development as a total football player and his increased football IQ to help make plays that normally wouldn't have been made. And that was just an amazing, amazing play. So let's move it over to defense now. (laughs) Who is your defensive who gets your defensive game ball? It's got to be Bud Dupree for me, man. As much as I want to give it to, to Cam or TJ, they got the splash stats with the picks, but it's just got to be Bud Dupree. He looked like Bud from last year when everybody thought Bud had his breakout last year, you know, finally shook that kind of underachieving label last year and proved what he can really do. Yeah. Looked even better yesterday. So yeah. Bud, Bud not only like – took that step forward last year but it turns out he's still growing and still getting better too so Bud Dupree for me didn't have like I said didn't have the splashy stats but was just involved in so much couple tackles for a loss I think he had seven pressures and TJ had eight 
which is ridiculous. I saw a stat saying that no other defender in the NFL had even seven, and the Steelers had one guy with seven and TJ TJ with eight. So just they picked up right where they left off. Can't say enough good things about the two outside linebackers they got there. And, hey, shout out Alex Highsmith and Ola as well. Yeah, for being on the field and making plays. Yeah. They both looked very good. Like, I saw somebody – Better than Anthony Chiquillo. And, I mean, (laughs) Dude, I was was just going to say that. I saw some (laughs) – Great I mind, saw, man. yeah, I saw somebody tweet Alex Highsmith just generated more pressure in one snap than Chicklo did in his entire Steelers career, and I was oh. like, I was like, that's brutal. That but is also, brutal. But also, I think Jarvis <laughs> Jones should get a little bit more ooh, ire than Anthony ooh, Chiquillo. Yeah, you know what? You're back. exactly right. Let's let's hurl those at Jarvis instead. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so, your yeah. your defensive game ball. Let, let's my, hear it. My defensive game ball goes to the big contract player who is going to be a stealer for life coming down with his first career interception. Love it. Cam Hayward, man. I just love he's doing all the dirty work in the trenches. He's pushing the pocket, getting pressures, getting those big mitts up, making an interception, a big splash play when the Steelers needed it the most. That was a pivotal game-changing play that completely – stop that 19-yard drive that Jones was completely in charge of down the field for the Giants and made it so, nope, you're not getting any points. And then the Steelers end up getting, uh, I think, like a field goal after that. So it's nice to turn negative points into positive points on that swing, which was at least a six, could have been a 10-point swing. Yeah. You know what's awesome, man, is that when we're handing out these game balls on both sides of the ball, I could make the case for at least like three different people. I mean, yeah. It it was just a good game. Yeah, it's just a good game. Honorable mention to Watt jump to know that he read that it was a three-step drop by Jones. He knows he's not going to get there, so he jumped backwards into the passing lane. He's like, "Oh, I'm just going to try to get my hands up," and boom, the ball hits him like in the in the hands completely, both hands brings it in, and that's that was a a beautiful interception. It's it is really tough if you guys have ever been a receiver or played with a judge machine you got to be standing literally 10 feet from a jugs machine, and that's where he caught the ball. And that yeah. is so, so difficult to do. Go Absolutely. try it. <laughs> go that's try it. Like you he, said, go try and, it. And he's a linebacker, and he did it with his hands. Yeah. So that was well, an we, amazing athletic play. We saw James Conner dropped about two passes just like that earlier in the game. Yes. It's, it's an incredibly tough – I'm not trying to just yeah. rag on James Conner. I mean, it's a truth. No, no, no. It's just a tough – that's an incredibly tough catch to make. There's a reason that – the running backs who like Le'Veon Bell when he was here that do consistently make those catches, it's such a valuable asset to have. It's tough to do. There's a reason not every running back just has 100 catches every year. Yeah. So moving on to the injury situations, we all know David DeCastro did not play last game. That's why uh, Wisniewski was in there playing. But unfortunately, Wisniewski hurt his pectoral. Don't know if it's a tear or how severe the tear is. He is – undergoing uh, MRI today. We'll probably know a little bit later on in the week once the results come back from the MRI and people are able to ask Coach Tomlin what happened. Uh, Worst injury of the game, obviously, is Zach Banner. I mean, my heart goes out to this guy. I mean, this guy's been working his tail off day in and day out to become a starting caliber tackle in the NFL, and he did it. And (laughs) for him to go down in his first game starting – with an injury like that, I mean, we're we're hoping a bit for the best. He's already ruled as out for this week. I just listened to the Tomlin presser before this podcast, and Tomlin said he's going to be out. But with them picking up 
Jared Hawkins, it looks like he's going to be out for a long time because they're shuffling people in. And unfortunately, my heart goes out to um, him as well. Though, I did want to share the tweet that Zach Banner did put out. Uh, he's from at ZBNFL is his Twitter handle. I love Pittsburgh. I love this game. We won. That is all that matters. I'm so pissed. But once again, I'm motivated. And that speaks volumes of the man. I mean, if you follow him on Twitter, you know he's very into his um, organizations where he helps um, uh, youth come up through the systems in L.A. and in uh, Seattle area and Washington and also on his uh, – on the uh, Samoan Islands as well to get them backpacks. And, and he's, he's just got such a big heart. Uh, and he's had that in place since college. He's a high schooler and he started that. Yep. That, uh, it's, put, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, it's hard to understand. Charity. Yeah. It's hard to understand how draining something like that can be unless you've personally gone, unless you've personally set a huge goal for yourself and yeah. come up short or somehow missed out through no fault of your own. That's, that's kind of the craziest part about this for me and for what Zach Banner is going to have to deal with mentally getting through this. Like I said earlier, to see him already in that mindset is so huge. Like he's already starting to power through this. He could easily cry and yeah, exactly. Say, wow, I, I guess I'm done. You know, they just don't want me to play football. I guess not meant to be, but he's saying it is meant to be. And he's going because he's going to make it be still. So that, that's just awesome. Awesome character, awesome mindset stuff from him. And the last player on the injury report, of course, was James Conner. He got hurt early in the game, hurt his ankle. We don't know the extent, but Tomlin and the presser seemed a little bit more upbeat about James Conner and his ability to get into practice this week. He, he even let the door open for Wisniewski as well. So hoping it's just like a light, a mild strain or something that just got tweaked on Wisniewski. And uh, fingers crossed, obviously, because – Steelers offensive line was already in flux and now it's even more so with yeah. all these injuries that are starting to happen around. And, and he also left the door open on the possibility of DeCastro returning this week. So DeCastro may come back and that would help out a lot, though I did like what I saw out of Kevin Dotson throwing the big rookie in there. He's a strong kid and loved watching him get thrown into the fire and, and doing well in such a short amount of time there, Hunter. Absolutely. I don't mind seeing more of Dotson for sure. Selfishly, I'm just excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see more of his tape and see his development. So the more of him I get to see, I'm going to be personally happy about it. But don't get it twisted. You want you want David DeCastro back in that lineup ASAP. <laughs> yep. And a couple notes, too, from the Tomlin Presser that I watched. Uh, he, they asked what they need to work on, and he said third down defense is the big thing right now. They went – eight for 15 against them. And he says, that's just not good enough. So the third down football needs work on defense. Special teams obviously also need work, miss an extra point, muffed a punt and kicked a uh, kickoff out of bounds, which put the ball in the 40. It seems like, seemed like yesterday the giants were starting in phenomenal field position the entire game. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Steelers cannot do that with every opponent. They need to get better on special teams. They need to control field position and put their opponents in tough positions. Yeah. And the one time they did pin him, that was the big 19-yard play of the uh, of the drive, which was an amazing drive by Jones. And fortunately, it was ended with a turnover for the Steelers. But <laughs> something that still does need work on is the field position. Um, Absolutely. Tomlin was also asked if it's easier to communicate 
without having the crowd noise. And he's like, yes, it is easier to communicate with all that pumped in noise, but it's also easier for the opponent to hear your communications and you to hear the opponent's communications. Sure. So now you're working on a different game. So as opposed to stealing uh, the radio signals like they do in the Patriots, we get to, <laughs> we get to, <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> and be able to figure it out on the fly. So it's a plus and a minus. It so could, I thought that was an interesting response there. It, it is. It's, and it's a question that needs asked, you know, in a time like this, you have to ask that question. But at the same time, it, it, his response is pretty obvious, right? There, there yeah. is an element to it that's an advantage. However, two teams are playing the game. It's an advantage for both people. You know, it's funny because a lot of the same things apply. Um, the UFC has still been holding fights throughout coronavirus, but no fans in the stands and no pumped in noise either. So it's just dead quiet while these guys are fighting. And now their corners are barking instructions to them and they can hear them super clearly. Now, finally, they can hear exactly what their coaches are saying. Yeah. Their opponent can also hear what their coach yes. is saying. <laughs> so, so it's like, it's actually not an advantage at all because it's an no. advantage for both sides. So it just kind of cancels out. So it's, it's funny that it's the same thing in the NFL, but that's what you're going to see overall, man. I'll say this. If you didn't know that there was a pandemic and you didn't know that there were no fans in the stands and it was weird, it yeah. felt like a pretty normal football game, which was just it awesome. Did. It did feel normal. The only times you notice no, no fans in the stand or when they kick field goals and extra points. Yep, exactly. That's the only thing you don't see. And the last thing that I thought was noteworthy to discuss about his presser was somebody asked him, why did you have six inactives uh, yesterday when you should have had five? And honestly, in a roundabout way, Tomlin kind of admitted, yeah, he kind of screwed up. They've been getting a lot of different conflicting information about the rules. And the rules are crazy this year for the inactive list because you, you can have five inactive players as long as you have at least eight active offensive linemen. If you don't have eight offensive linemen, you have to have six inactive players, which is odd. But that was the way it came through. They were confused. They had an extra person on the inactive list. So Dobbs was there as the third quarterback. Anthony McFarland, who I thought would have been active, serving as an extra kick returner if you have two of them back there. Um, Ulysses Gilbert was inactive. David Castro, obviously, with the injury. Uh, Carlos Davis, the rookie. And Zach Gentry, Zach Gentry the uh, third tight end, was also inactive for that game. But one of those guys should have been playing. And moving forward, as long as they have eight offensive linemen, which they will, they'll have five inactives on game day. Yeah, it's an interesting rule and uncharacteristic of the Steelers to not know it, not exploit it to, to the fullest. So just cool to learn that. You know, you learn something new every day. So there you go. Yeah, it's a new COVID rule. And I had to look it up yesterday because when I was looking at everybody's inactive list, it's like sometimes people would have five, sometimes people would have six. So one, one team had seven in a game. And I'm like, how the hell that happened? Like they did last year. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> so they, but they did. They had seven inactive. So just That's going through, I had to look up the rule, and that was the rule. It's, it's there you go. Offensive lineman. Um, so next game we have then coming out is against Denver, one of, of our, our first of six consecutive Sunday 1 p.m. games, the time that I love watching football yeah. because it's the way I was grow up, born and grown up. So, Hunter, what do you see from the Broncos this week? Yeah, dude, I, just real quick first, I'll do you one yeah. better on the, the 1 p.m. game. Have you ever watched football? Have you ever been on the West Coast for a 1 p.m. game where it's a 10, 10 a.m. game? 10 a.m. game. That's, that's the best. 
that, I've been, I've been in Hawaii favorite. for like a oh, 6 a.m. There, <laughs> that, 8 a.m. game. Yeah, that's, that's too early. And that's too early. Too early. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. for me. That's a sweet spot where you don't feel bad about drinking beer, first of all. It's like <laughs> Ah, people have been awake for a couple hours. It's fine. It's fine. So that that's the least, place. At least there, I think it would have to be more of like a screwdriver slash like <laughs> yeah. you know, Bloody Mary Bloody type Mary situation for, something for like Steeler that. Yeah. football, which is that's fair. Just that's take fair. an iron, just take an iron, take an iron. throw some tomato yeah. juice in there. You're yeah, good. Iron. Throw ah. a stock of celery. You're good. Wins <laughs> will have a, that's the way you drink in the morning. The a roll of salami. Coast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, anyway. So, so we know you're researching the uh, Denver Broncos and yeah. talk a bit. Who who should the Steelers be looking out for on offense and then conversely on defense? What's what's pretty interesting to me is that it's similar to the Giants in that you have this relatively unproven quarterback who has done some very good things, seems to be getting better as well. You know, Drew Locke looks pretty good. Looked okay last night towards the definitely had a great first half kind of slowed down in the second half, whether that was an adjustment from the Titans defense or something with their offense that wasn't clicking the same. He looks solid though. And Elway thinks they finally found their quarterback of the future with him. He, he looks okay. He's proven that he can make plays, had a really nice touchdown to Noah Fant. If you haven't seen the highlights, he's rolling to his right, throws back across his body to Fant in the end zone. It was a very, very nice athletic play. Dangerous guy. You know, if he can do stuff like that, He's, he can put the Steelers defense on their heels for sure. And Fant, you know, I just mentioned him. Very, he's, he looks like he's coming into his own. Had five catches for 81 yards in the first half yesterday. And, and a touchdown. Unfortunately, that was also his final stat line. He only got targeted once in the second half, which wow. just seems absurd. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm questioning. I, didn't, I, I don't know anything about their play calling. Didn't read any interviews. But I got to question that just on the surface, why they didn't keep him more involved. But – with the Steelers' track record struggling against good receiving tight ends, I think that lock to Fant connection could be the most dangerous. However, Steelers passed their first test with that, with keeping Evan Ingram bottled up. So maybe they finally turned a corner there. Maybe Fant won't expose them like you think. But Fant is still – he's a good player, and he is the pick that they got in that exchange for the Devin Bush trade. Yes. That, yeah. He is the Steelers' original pick there. Well, not the Steelers' original pick, but their yeah. original slot. Yeah, at, at 20. So interesting. So keep an eye on Fant. You know, that, that's a fun angle with him as well. I yeah. think he looks good. Jerry Judy, the rookie wide receiver, looked very good for them last night. I thought had two costly, costly drops, though. Yeah. Which you, you don't want to see a receiver have drop problems early on, what that can do for his confidence. But until yeah. those drops, Judy looked very good every bit as advertised. So the Broncos definitely have some weapons. Got Melvin Gordon back there, had a decent game. Philip Lindsay looked okay as well. Injured his toe, though. They don't know if he's going to be able to go for the Steelers, dealing with turf toe. If it's not, it's going to be Royce Freeman backing up Melvin Gordon, which is – he's okay, but it's not quite the same level of threat that Lindsay would have. So, yeah, a lot going on there. Obviously, Vaughn Miller's out for the year on defense. And when you think yeah, of that Broncos that's defense, that's, that's who yeah. you think of. Also, A.J. Boye got hurt in that game last night. So, that would be huge for the Steelers wow. if he misses time. So they're going to be a little little shorthanded on the defensive side. But they did hold the Titans to just 16 points. A lot of that was missed field goals. So Yeah, right. <laughs> so you can't really uh, – they didn't really hold the Titans to 16 points, but they did. So either way, it, honestly, it's, it's just – it's lazy to say, but it reminds me a lot of the Giants game. It really does, where there are clear advantages for the Steelers. 
They should be able to exploit them. If they can just bottle up any big plays, kind of keep Drew Locke under control, they're going to win the game, I think. Every advantage looks looks to be in the Steelers' favor and a home game. You know, Ben Ben should feast in his home return. It's going to be special. Even with no crowd there, it's going to be cool. Nice. So do you have a game prediction for the score? Ooh, I don't, but I should. Let me yeah. let me dial one. Here, here's. I think they're going to score more points in this one. I think I it's going to be. Let's go with thirty-one seventeen Steelers. Nice, thirty-two ten is my score. All right, so I we've like got it. big wins for the Steelers, both over thirty points, both under twenty points. Should be a big win, and I, we can't wait to see the Steelers play again. Fortunately, we're on a short week, so we have one less day to wait than the rest of the NFL to watch our Steelers play Good yet win. again. And now we come to the point of questions from Steeler Nation. So if you are a member on our Steeler Nation forums, we have you ask us questions for the podcast, and we get to answer them to the best of our abilities. Slash Steel asks us, uh, can you go over the state of injuries and the, and the resultant from them? And we went over the injuries. Obviously, the results of that would be, I suppose, who's going to be filling in the slots? Because now that you have – with Newski hurt as the guard, are you going to be starting Foster? Are you going to be bringing up Derwin Gray to possibly fill in that role or one of the XFL guys uh, to come in? Or are they going to they, – they still may pick up a vet, possibly, just depending on how bad this injury is. Um, we'll have to determine and see moving forward. But I think in the short term, it would probably be Foster. Yeah, I assume you mean plug and play. Dotson. If Castro isn't ready to go next week. Yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming you mean Dotson since Ramon Foster is, oh, is happily retired. Oh, my gosh. That's a, it's not a podcast unless Hunter corrects me at least once. That's true. We need, keep, we need to keep – we need correct me. Yeah. We need an official tally keeper for names, for corrected names. That is yeah, right. I, big, hey. Big dot, not Foster. If Big, <laughs> big, if big Ragu – if the Big Ragu wants to come back – Big Ragu, Big Dot – Steeler Nation will gladly have Ramon Foster back, I'm sure. But, yeah, Dotson, I envision for sure, like left to right, Villanueva, Filer, Pouncey, Dotson, Chooks. That's kind of what I think the line will look like. But, like you said, there is some flux there. And uh, Mike Tomlin addressed that as well in the press conference. He said they're kind of leaving their options open. They haven't decided anything yet. So, if they do bring in a vet, you never know. Maybe Wisniewski's okay, too. Maybe he'll be ready to go. So. Or, or DeCastro, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, overall, I'm not super worried about those injuries. Obviously, Banner, that one sucks for sure. That one yeah. sucks. But the other ones don't seem to be too serious. Seems like we'll get the guys back. They said DeCastro was walking around fine before the game yesterday, oh, just on the field talking to people. So he looks okay, apparently. That's awesome. I, I heard that. Yeah. I'm not super stressed about it. It's one of those things. They'll, they'll make it work. They always do. Um, that's why you have backups. <laughs> yeah. And we know Benny Snell backed up very well with James Conner. So that's an easy transition there. Probably will mean McFarlane will be active this, this week as well. Probably would have been active last week had we known five instead of six. But sure. good to see that um, they're probably going to be working everybody in the game, uh, especially because I, I did see I saw Samuels come in, do some third down stuff. He was yep. in on the um, pretty much the entire uh, two-minute drill. Yep. So, uh, yep. so they he, are utilizing Samuels to his receiving ability and his able ability to pass block. Yep, so he, exactly. he really improved, which is a guy that was essentially a slot receiver and a scat back, and he never had to pass block at all in college. Yeah. So not yeah. only did they, they teach him how to pass block, but they taught him how to be a running back. 
He's so an interesting, was, it's, it's really a, interesting player. He, he yeah, just, yeah. He, he's a fun little chess piece that you can kind of move around. So he'll, he'll continue to have his role, like you said. They'll use him in the two-minute drill and, and things like that where he can create these mismatches quickly. You get him matched up against a linebacker, it's a problem. So that's something that they like for sure. Um, Benny Snell, like I said, even if Connor's healthy, I don't see how that's not his backfield now. I just don't. I think you have yeah. to ride the hot hand, and his hand was super hot yesterday. So good. let him take it until he until he falls on his face, in my opinion. Like, maybe maybe that was an aberration. I don't think it was at all. I think he's just actually the guy moving No, he, he got close to 100 yards last yeah. year. I mean, we only had that 100-yard game, which was the only game that Roosevelt Knicks was yep. active the, or completely healthy from start sure. to finish the entire game, and that was sure. it. Sure. So yeah. now we've got Derek Watt in there making his first tackle on special teams there early in the game. And uh, he's he, there to be the fullback. He's interesting. We didn't talk about him too much, no, but that's, it was a big signing. And I think Steelers fans would have liked to see more from him on offense. So I don't know because he, he dealt with some injuries throughout training camp might still be getting Coming up to speed. Surgery, yep. Yeah. The yep. I don't know if they're maybe just kind of easing him in or if that isn't what we saw last night is indicative of his role in the offense, which is to say not very much. So that would be a little disappointing. But even if so, look good on special teams already, which was his the primary reason for signing him in the first place. So that was encouraging. I think if I was a betting guy, we're going to see his role start to expand. We'll be seeing a little more Derek Watt than we saw last night moving forward. And that's pretty much um... – the show for this week, guys, put on your calendars, 2 p.m. every Tuesday after the presser. We're going to be here live on Twitter. We're going to be here live on Facebook. We're going to throw the vidcast back up on YouTube afterward, and the podcast should be out at somewhere between 4 or 5 o'clock at the latest. Uh, you'll be able to listen to the car or as you work or as you do work around the house. No better way to listen than to have Hunter Homestack and G Stryker deliver the Steeler news as fun as we can, and thank you for making this successful Steeler Nation. We love you guys, and we love doing this. And, guys, follow Hunter Homestack on Twitter at Hunter A. Homestack. That's at H-U-N-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-I-S-T-E-K, and that is his Twitter and Instagram handle. Thank you as much, as always, Hunter, for providing the balance to my crazy yin, and <laughs> love having you on the show as always. <laughs> for sure, man. I'll, uh, I'll get – I'll hire somebody to tally up the name, uh, the name flubs next time. We need a running tally. We are. We're we're definitely each each. I said I said Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> that that's the best that's one. Why, that's you're why never, I specifically have this mustache, dude. You're never you're never gonna top Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> that, just can't. No, that's definitely a Civil War uh, general in our in our <laughs> playing defense for us. <laughs> Beautiful. The third, it must be his great, great, great grandchild. <laughs> Absolutely. If that's the case, that's the case. <laughs> oh, that's great. So we'll see you soon. Thanks again, Hunter. Yeah. And uh, see you next week, man. Yep. Take care, dude. Awesome. Steeler Nation, visit our sponsor, Total Sports Entertainment, on Twitter to be part of their signed merch giveaways done every week. Monday's a new giveaway every week. So check them out at Total Sports ENT is their Twitter handle. You too can get great unique gifts on the SteelerNation.com gear page. Like, not this awesome uh, jersey. I got this somewhere else, but I've got plenty of T-shirts. They've got great designs, fun designs. Champions spelled Y-I-N-Z. That's just a must-have for any Yinzer. So go on over to our gear page at SteelerNation.com and get yourself geared up for this awesome season, which now we know is underway and is going to happen. 
SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click the forum button for the best football discussion on the internet. Subscribe to the Steeler Nation YouTube channel to be the first to know about our live vidcasts, and that's YouTube slash C slash Steeler Nation. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter as you're doing right now, guys. Love it. At underscore SN podcast. And follow me, your host, on Twitter. Steeler Nation striker spelled with a Y at SN striker. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, with Hunter Homestack, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening day bonuses and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.